This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, where our focus is on you, the loan originator, to get advice from realtors, other loan officers, referral partners, and not just take my have my take on it, but for to us to have an opportunity to learn from other great people in the industry. And so today, we are so blessed to have Sarah Valentini, who is the principal and president of Radius Financial Group up in uh, Massachusetts. Now, so welcome, Sarah. Hi. Hello. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so tell us, where's Norwell, Massachusetts? Are you in Boston or outside of Boston? Or No, we're about 20 miles south of Boston. Oh, okay. So you're like way past Braintree and all those places heading into yeah. uh, Rhode Island. Okay, great. Well, I used to live up there. That's why I was asking. Um so uh, you know we're we're so great to um, blessed to have you here today, and just so that everybody has kind of a context of how we met, um, we both were speakers at Mortgage Star Conference in Utah um, in 2015, and um, I just loved loved your presentation, and I loved your story, and I I cannot wait for this interview. I am so excited <laughs> to hear about it. So without further ado, so that no one else has to wonder what in the heck you're going to be talking about. Um, I'd love to get started with your story because it's so great on how you got into this business and broke into, you know, really becoming successful and now owning your own mortgage firm. Okay. Um, Well, when I broke into the business, it took me a while to actually get a job because I interviewed with a man who told me that I would have no chance of making it as a loan officer, that I'd have to start as a processor and make $12,000 a year and um you know i finally was able to talk my way into a position that a woman you know gave me an opportunity and she said look you know it's not that hard you just have to go around and visit real estate brokers and talk and drop off some rate sheets and deliver some donuts and people will love you and, and I haven't thought, we heard that before <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i thought i'm all over this I, you know, I love donuts. I like people. I am going to do this. I studied so hard. I learned my products. I learned everything. And I just thought it would be great. And I drove around and, you know, the first couple months I'm delivering the donuts and I'm not getting much of a response. And I start doing some drive-bys after being frustrated, which I'm sure that uh, most loan officers can completely relate with what that is like. And you, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of drive by and wave at Remax and stuff a donut in your mouth. And, you know, (laughs) it, it finally hit me that I was either going to look like a giant donut and not be able to afford buying them anymore. I needed I needed to have another angle in to actually get some business. So I started just, you know, looking around when I was in the offices and figuring out what the realtors' interests were outside of selling real estate. You know, this was actually a long time ago. I don't want to age myself, but the, you know, we had just come off the the you know the first big housing bubble um, in the you know the late '80s, early '90s that I started, and 
you know, realtors had more time to sort of talk because they weren't selling many properties. And I looked around and I tried to figure out, you know, what were their interests outside of real estate so that I could talk with them and try to form a relationship. And that's really what I did. I found a group of real estate brokers who liked to play golf. And I did not play golf. Yeah, I did not play golf, but my brothers did. And, you know, basically bribed my brothers to teach me how to play golf. And I started playing golf with these realtors and became friends with them and, you know, formed a relationship. And, you know, fast forward a bunch of years later, I still play golf with several of them, and I actually love the game. It's really fun. I've done tons of business on the golf course over the years. But I just started looking at ways, you know, not just golf, but some some other ways to form relationships and look at realtors as people and not just a referral source and formed a, a you know a strong relationship that wasn't just about trying to get business from them. It was really getting to know them on a personal level and building a, a relationship of trust because I think people do business with people that they know and trust. Right, obviously, yeah. Well, so now when did you, what was sort of the trigger that, that made your business go from, you know, just learning about what they like to do and maybe touting, you know, touting them, um, you know, taking them to a play if they like to go to a play or going to dinner if they like to do that? What What was the trigger that perpetuated that to go into actual business? Um, you or was know, it I, one I, trigger, you know? I can think of one break that I had, and that was uh, one of the first loans that I took. The I got a phone call from a realtor, and it's you know they said, "Look, we have people sitting here, and they just got denied by another lender. There's probably nothing you can do, but you know they they really feel strongly. Would you just take a look at this?" And um, again, this is back to handwritten 1003s, so I, mm-hmm. I went over to the real estate office and took a look at the you know, at the handwritten 1003, and it just jumped off the page at me that there were 10 car payments, and all they needed to do was make one extra car payment and pay down, and they would, and they would qualify. And I think it was because I had had a relationship that was friendly and personable. I still wasn't getting much business from them. But then when I demonstrated that I actually knew what I was doing, I quickly built a reputation as somebody that could be trusted that, you know, I would always do everything that I possibly could to make a loan work. And if I couldn't make it work, I made it pretty clear that, you know, it couldn't work and this is why. So, you know, I really believe that I became a trusted advisor, and still to this day, I know that that's how people in the community view me. Right, right. Well, and I think that's really key. You know, we talk about that a lot on our podcast is, you know, about developing the relationships, um, going deeper, and it's all about them and not about us. Right. And, um, you know, through that, you become a trusted advisor and a friend. And, you know, and it's nice, and it is nice because I can say, you know, from my experience too, is that um, I'm willing to be their lender in waiting because right. I'm going to prove that when you do call me that I, you know, I'm worthy and valuable to you. So I'll be your lender in waiting. I won't hound you about that. But there will be a day when your lender, you know, can't do something, isn't available, or, you know, makes you upset and you want to leave them. But, until then, I'm happy to be your lender in waiting and provide you with second opinions and whatnot. So yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that's really great. So now, you know what? I used, what, to, I used to call myself Plan B. You know, I understand that you yeah. already have a Plan A, but you know, if that's you need a Plan B, or if Plan A gets hit by a bus, or you know, 
just doesn't call you back, I'll be your plan B. Yep, that's great. I love that. I love that. So, you know, your company now, um, Radius Financial Group, is, um, you know, it's grown from a, a small local lender to one of New England's leading private mortgage um, banking firms. And I also know that um, you have been uh, ranked in the 100 most influential mortgage executives in America by um, Mortgage Executive Magazine. So tell us how you transitioned from being a loan officer and then and then now what's your what's your path been and how you you know got to radius and i know you started um radius in 1999 so it's been around for a really long time so tell us a little bit about how that's transitioned and what it looks like today okay so you know i was a successful loan officer for a few years and then probably at a too young age i was offered a branch manager position which i took um, you know, mm-hmm. Monday morning quarterback, if I could do it all over again, I, I probably would have never gotten into management. I think the loan officer job right. is the best job on earth. But yeah. I became a branch manager um, and then manages, managed a few offices and decided, um, you know, the company I was working for had gone through a lot of senior level management changes and they, you know, couldn't decide whether they wanted to be in retail or not in retail. They'd get in and out of the market So in 1999, decided that I could take all the great things that I had learned and do it out on my own with a business partner. And, you know, again, back then it was was different. It was much easier to start a Mm -hmm. company than it is now. But we started off with some really good relationships with great loan officers and just gradually grew it from there. I mean, I really believe it's about it's about the people. Our success mm-hmm. is 100% because of our employees. That's awesome. So now you have you have quite a few employees that have been with you for a long time. Yes. Right. So what do yes. you think what do you think about your culture keeps them there? I think that, you know, obviously people get recruited left and right and, you know, they're constantly being offered things. I think that our employees know that for starters, we are a business that takes compliance extremely seriously and we are going to be around. We're not worried about, you know, being shut down when the regulators come in. And I do think that that's a, a certainly a legitimate concern right now. And I I think that they have a we have a culture of trust where the loan officers do trust that we are going to do everything on our end to be able to make their job as easy as possible. You know, we're going to we're going to make sure that our, our operations department, you know, if somebody drops the ball, which it is absolutely going to happen, but there's five people that are going to run over and pick it up and make sure that things get get to the end zone. And they can trust that. They really can trust us, and we are, you know, we're certainly a, a big company, but they still have, they can still walk into my office any day of the week, and I think that's a little bit unique where, you know, there's a lot of really, really small mortgage brokers, but not a lot of, you know, mortgage bankers that are big enough to have everything that they want, all the products and services, but they also, you know, can walk right into the president's office and say, hey, i got a problem. Can you help me? Right, right. Well, and I think that's a can-do versus a can't-do attitude, you know, right. and I think, I think from loan officer's perspective, that's, you know, that's huge. 
That's a huge benefit um, to doing that. So, you know, so let's, let me ask you this. So what, what do you think is one of our biggest challenge, the biggest challenges in our industry as a whole, sans CFPB? Because I know that's a challenge. <laughs> so what do you think is another big challenge that we have in our industry? Um, well, again, obviously, the, the regulatory environment, I know you said without that, but I think we have to yep. at least just say that that is unquestionably the, you know, the biggest no challenge. Question. I think it's, you know, the the business is poised to change dramatically. The millennials operate entirely different than anybody who's been in the business for a long period of time is used to working mm-hmm. with. You know, I think self-serve is certainly something that, um, is going to be the way of the future. And while I do believe that there is always going to be a place for loan officers, I think that we certainly learned during the meltdown that the human element is extremely important and that you need, you know, no two loans are alike, so you certainly need the human interaction and, you know, yeah. in the origination and in the mm-hmm. underwriting. But I do believe that self-serve is going to capture some of that, you know, cream of the crop market, and I think Mm -hmm. it's going to change the industry and and be something that, you know, we need to figure out how the millennials are going to work, and it seems to be that, that, you know, that's the direction that that they're going to take, and I do think that that's Mm -hmm. a big difference for a lot of people that have been in the business for a long period of time, and I do think that will be a challenge. Yeah. So now, what is, what are you guys doing? What is your company doing to go after that? Are you hiring more loan officers that are millennials? Are you, you know, changing some of your strategies? Are you incorporating some new technology? What are what are some of the things that you're looking to do to help um, your company succeed with millennials? We we took on a big ende- endeavor last year. We called it Next Gen Mortgage Banker, and we hired mm-hmm. 20 millennials and put them through a 12-week rigorous training that we did on-site at our office with myself, my business partner, some of our key employees, some of our partners, and put them through a classroom environment and put them through testing and, and really rigorous training to not only hire them as loan officers but also as operations staff, um, you know, to not only not only capture the millennial buyers, but also, you know, the, there's an aging population of all the employees in our industry, which yeah. is, which is oh, certainly yeah. a challenge. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, we successfully graduated our first class, and they are all working in various aspects of the business, and we're looking at launching another class. I would say we'll probably do one in the summer. Same thing, we're going to replicate it. Awesome. Yeah, so it's like a boot camp. You know, we used to do we used to do that similar kind of thing too, you know. So now right. are you are you um and actually we did this back in the 1990s, you know, we were um <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, we would go to Nordstrom and and find out find the best customer service reps and get them from Nordstrom because they're known for their service. They're fantastic. And yeah, I'm and steal we would, that idea. Yeah, and we we would bring them on and we would know that the service level would be there so we'd be great, you know, and if you're familiar with disc profiling, you know, they they had a yep. very very high eye. Yep. And so we thought, well gosh, if they're really really good and they're maxing out at 30,000 a year, imagine if they're really really good in our industry. 
right. you know, what they can do. And, um, you know, it was very, very good. And I would measure anybody that came out of that boot camp um, or that initial training class with anyone who'd been on the street for a year who had been handed rate sheets and told to go have, you know, give donuts and hand rate sheets out. You know, because their their uh, you know their expertise level would be extremely high after going through the class. So that's right. really cool. Right. I think that's great. Um, and um, so now, how are you finding your millennials? How is that going? They're they're the why generation. You know, why should I work? Why should I pay yep. my bills? Why should I move out of my house? Why should I even get a job? Right. It's been a complete learning experience for me because you know I grew up. I started my first job when I was 11 years old. And I always worked. And even when I was a loan officer, when I was first a loan officer, you know, 100% commission, I still waited tables at nights and on weekends to, you know, in mm-hmm. order to break into the business. So it's definitely different. I am, you know, I've learned how headphones are acceptable at work and, and you know, <laughs> having to sort of work more around when when they're at their peak hours of work versus you know what what we decide are are you know the the peak best hours of work, to be right. working exactly yeah. but i've learned a lot from them you know they they think differently they're much more technical and there's very often times during the training class that we'd bring things up and you know we teach the way we've always taught and I would have some of these bright stars come the next day and say, hey, I made an app for this. It might right. be a teaching tool for you, you know. So so it's been, you know, there's been certainly some challenges with it, but I've learned so much. And I think that as much as they definitely have a different attitude, they they still they want to please and they want to do well. I think their motivations for for wanting to do well are a little bit different than my generation, but they're really, really great. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I have to tell you, every day, I mean, I wake up and I say, I can't believe that I'm old enough to be their mother. You know, I can't, I right. still feel like I'm 20 years old. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. And, and I think that they... They they do get excited about the opportunity, and there's not a lot of opportunities like this for young people right now. Right, right. Well, and and uh, you know, and, and I think to a certain extent, they want that freedom to be able to fly on their own and and not be held back. And so yeah. they have to, you know, we have to help them along to help them understand that. Um, why well, you know, and Brian Buffini says this the best. He says, you know, the sky's the limit. And if, and then everybody forgets to tell you there's a floor, right? Right. So you have to remember that there's a floor. So we have to be there to, you know, help guide them and be able to let them fly, you know, in the way that, that they want. Are you finding, um, and this is just for me to kind of know too, are you finding um, people to hire millennials to hire um, in the financial sector? Are you finding them in all sectors? We are finding them in um, you know, mainly in financial, we actually, for our training class, I found several of them through the top local colleges. You know, Boston's mm-hmm. a big college community. Yeah. And through our employees also. Yeah, you offering know, we, incentives, yeah. We offer incentives, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something we've been doing. Well, thanks for sharing that because I, I was just curious about that as well because that's something that um, I'm doing now, not to that capacity, but it's something I am doing now. So um, 
can you talk a little bit about um, the elevator? Just for a second. So let's just kind of switch gears here and, and have you talk about your, your comment about the elevator because this really, really resonated with me. And I think that, you know, the listeners that are not millennials and have been in the business for a while can really learn from, from this quick concept that you have. Sure. So um, I love to read, and I read a really good book called Rookie Smarts by Liz Wiseman. Uh, for any manager, she also wrote the book Multipliers, which is a is a great book as well. And the premise of the book is that, you know, experience creates blind spots. And, you know, one of my favorite, favorite quotes from the book is that uh, Noah's Ark was built by amateurs, but the Titanic was built by professionals. And, <laughs> you know, I think that for a lot of us that have been in the business for a long period of time and you think you know everything and you know, there, you have nothing to learn, and you know, you almost are, feel like you're on autopilot. When you, when you suddenly are working with younger people that don't know anything, and they're, if you take a step back, they can teach you things. So, I, you know, I've thought a lot about my career. I've been successful. I, I feel very blessed that I've done something that. I truly can say that I honestly love my job and I, I love dealing with people and it happens to be, a, you know, something that I was able to be successful in. And I got to the point, you know, I, I read this book and, I, and I, I just thought I want to do more to help other people achieve the same success and I wish that I had had somebody that did that for me when, you know, I was 24 years old in the business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. I just believe in kind of you get to a certain floor in the elevator, it's so important to hit the down button and to send that elevator back down and bring other people back up with you. And, you know, throughout my career I've met other people who almost – were threatened when other loan officers would join or, you know, other people that they might perceive as being a competitor, even at their own company that could take mm -hmm. business from them. And I believe that, you know, the, the success of a group can be really elevated by everybody contributing. And, and, you know, the more business the person next to you does, ultimately the more business you're going to do. You know, yeah, that it's contagious. Loan officers, mm -hmm. It really is. You know, loans mm -hmm. breed bones. And, you know, when when a company gets known in an area, it's impossible for one person to do all the business. It's it's the collective group that is going to help everybody. And I think that no matter what position somebody's at, whether they've become the best loan officer or they've become the best processor, to, to think about sending that elevator down and bring somebody else up with you and bring them along because it's really gratifying in so many ways, not just the business that comes in the door, but just you can change somebody's life. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's really key. And, you know, and I can hear that through your voice, and, and that's, you know, again, what I, I was just so impressed with you when I, when I saw you um, – you know, in Utah, it was just a real simple conversation, but you know, it really, really came home. And so, I'm hoping that everybody who's listening is is getting that as well. Is that you know, we really do need to help each other. This industry is aging, <laughs> aging terribly bad, and um, now is the perfect time to take advantage of it. Especially if you're listening to, um, 
you know, Jay uh, Goldinger, you know, his, his webinars, you know, listening to Barry Habib and, and others, you know, we have a, um, a surge that's coming to us of 33-year-old millennials that are starting to buy. And it's, it's just as big as the baby boomers. Right. And um, we've got to be ready and prepared for it rather than, you know, missing the boat, so to speak. Right. So, right. Um, so in your company, um, tell us about your CRM and things. So one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast is just, you know, what are the CRMs that people are using? What are some of the techniques that you're doing? And how often do you, um, you know, communicate with past clients? Um, is it an individual thing? Have you set up something that's specific for your company? Um, you know, just to kind of give us an idea of how your how your uh, practice wor- actually works. Sure. So we do have an in-house marketing department, and they really do a phenomenal job. We're very, very lucky to have them. They uh, won a bunch of awards last year. And they do work with the CRM system to mm-hmm. disseminate a lot of material, but a lot of the material that we do send out, we produce. Because the one thing I'm not a big fan of is, a realtor or a client receiving three newsletters that just simply have a different different face at the top. I like mm-hmm. I like to have original material, um, but we do use a CRM and uh, you know just so that the loan officers have a daily list of you know whose birthday it is, whose anniversary, right. who needs to refinance, and things like mm-hmm. that. I am a mm-hmm. huge huge believer that. Loans breed other loans, and that every loan somebody closes should turn into three future loans, and then those are going to turn into, you know, three more from each mm-hmm. one, and so on and so on. It's that shampoo commercial that that I date myself, and I, I had our, our, yeah, it was shampoo. I had to have my my young assistant look it up on Google because he had no idea what I was talking about. The, <laughs> so on and so on. But, you know, that's what gets easier in this business. You know, it's so hard in the beginning when you're pounding the pavement and you're you're trying so hard just to get, you know, a loan or two to come together. When you don't have to work at it so hard is when, you know, people are becoming advocates for you because you do a great job. The business becomes not only easier, but I think a lot more gratifying. So staying in touch with the past clients is I think the most important thing that somebody can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, and if you if you imagine a bunch of circles going across a room, you know, always trying to find your customer as opposed to having, you know, ten circles across um, horizontally and going deeper with those ten, right. it's just. Um, you know, it's just much more satisfying financially, um, you know, and in your own your own um, lifestyle. You know, it's much Absolutely. more satisfying. You know, and it's great to see people grow. You know, I've, I've been in the business long enough now. Gosh, it'll be in one month from yesterday, it'll be 33 years. And wow. um, I love doing loans for uh, my clients' children. You know, right. I'm doing those. I'm doing those loans, too, and that's, you know, really exciting. But that's only because I've gone deeper. I haven't always right. just looked for the next deal and gone. And I, I think everybody knows that. It's just um, it's putting that into action. You know, it's it's, everybody action, knows but, it. Yeah. But not everybody practices it. And, you know, right. I'm I'm constantly amazed that I talk with loan officers sometimes and they'll say, oh, I hate refinances. They're such a hassle. Nobody cares. You know, there's no sense of urgency. And I have always had the attitude that a loan is a loan. And that's same thing whether it's a 
$80,000 loan or a $500,000 loan. Right. That's a loan that's going to turn into three more. So you have to treat it as if it's the only deal that you have, and it's going to grow your business. Right. So I do, I, you know, I do think that there are some loan officers that look at the refinance as the ugly stepchild, and they don't want to deal with it. And it's, you know, it's, it's a loan. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that some of that stems from the realtor too. Yes. <laughs> because a lot yeah. of realtors will say to you, "I know it's not a big loan, but you know, it's not this loan. It's what will come from it." Exactly. And, and that's where we need to be looking. This is just a stepping stone for more, more um, exciting relationships and and more income and more people to meet. So, right. okay, well, good. Well, thank you. I I appreciate you. Um, you know, giving that to us as well. So um, as we're starting to kind of get near the end here and wrap up, um, you know, one of the things that we like to share also is one good marketing idea. So can you share with us one new marketing idea that maybe someone on your team has introduced and you guys are saying, oh, wow, that's so cool. Whether it's tried or not, we just want the idea. Do you have any anything that comes to mind? I don't know that it's, that it's something that is new, Um, but I have one very successful loan officer who his enthusiasm is just completely infectious, and he looks at, he he basically has dubbed his own tagline that mortgages are sexy, and he gets (laughs) people excited about it, and he gets them talking about it, and, and I think he's sort of shifted the you know the the typical phone call of hi what's your 30 year fixed rate mortgage into your 30 year fixed rate mortgage might not be what's best for you let's talk about all the things that are out there and let's get to know you and let's build a relationship and he does it in a way that he i mean mortgages are sexy it's like they have a lot to offer you got to get to know them and it's worked for <laughs> That's him great. it really has you know I, I tell all my loan officers, I wish that I could give you some magic bullet, some great idea that something, you know, there just isn't. It is is being consistent and and being available, being true to your word. It's, It's basic, basic stuff, but it works. And I think consistency is something that so many loan officers, I call them roller coaster loan officers, you know, they have one mm-hmm. great month of production, then they fall off, and you know, then another great fall off. It's really trying to be consistent and doing something every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving the needle, as Casey yeah. Cunningham calls it. You know, what are you going to do to move the needle today? Right. You know, what's the one thing that's going to take your business forward? Because you know, I, especially now, if we aren't moving forward, if we're not moving, <laughs> we are moving backwards. We don't even have right. to be moving forward. If we aren't moving, we are moving backward in this in this um econ- I mean this this entire world right now. I mean it's just moving so quickly. And um and I think that's really key. But thank you for sharing that cuz you know I do think that's really important. One of the things I I don't know if I've shared before, but I'll go ahead and share it now is um and I actually got this from Karen um Dice and she said um you know, she was talking to someone about having uh talking to someone about the um 25 year mortgage. You know, and and we get those phone calls all the time from people saying, you know, what's your 30-year fixed and, you know, that kind of thing. And and, uh, just coming back to them and saying, well, you know, we can talk about the 30-year fixed, but have you heard about our Super Saver 25? And uh, um, they go, Super Saver 25, what's that? 
and it's just a 25-year loan, but it right. does make it it does make you different because you're not just talking about the 30-year. Especially right. if someone's putting down a little bit of money and they can afford a little bit more in their payment, they can accelerate their equity position and be able right. to do that move up that they want right. to do when they have more kids or, or the kids get older or whatever. And, and we have to do that in our industry. We, we just can't be um, quoters. We have to, you know, we can't be doing price. We have to do advice. And it's so important Absolutely. that we're, you know, that we're doing that. So, um, you know, after talking to you for a little while and everything, and I think it's great that you're an avid golfer. I, um, I could never do it. I'm sure you can tell from my personality. It's, um, I'd have to run from hole to hole in order to be <laughs> occupied. Yeah. I would, I'd go, oh yeah. my God, I'm so bored. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'd have to do it. But, I, you know, I commend you for doing that because, I, you know, especially when you did it way back then, you know, I've been in this industry for a long time too, and it's definitely a man's world. And it's, you know, good old boy network. And I commend you for taking that on and, and doing that. And I know that right now you are, you know, a member of the Women's Golf Association from Massachusetts. And, you know, you're just doing, you're doing all kinds of um, great, wonderful thing. And I know that your employees love you because I've had the chance to talk to them. So uh, behind your back, sorry, no, it wasn't <laughs> really. It wasn't really. It was good stuff. So as we, um, we leave, there's a couple things, two more things that I just want to ask you and then, um, you know, and see, and see what you uh, think about this. But, uh you know, I, I'm an avid reader and I'm a life learner. And you've already mentioned one book or two books, so I'm going to go ahead and post those on on the notes for the podcast that everyone can reach out. You know, can get those books if they want to do that. But what are you currently reading right now, and what do you like about what you're reading currently? So I'm currently reading Steve Jobs' book, and I know that I'm behind oh, yeah. the curve on that because yeah. uh, I I know I just it's a book that I've had for a. Uh, quite a while, and I, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's big, long, and I put it aside, so I wasn't taking the time to read it, but I am now, and, you know, I think it's a really, really inspiring book. Obviously, he was a flawed individual and had a lot of character traits that people didn't like, but I'm learning a lot reading the book, and I think it's a really, really great story. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I've actually, I've actually read it. I love it, and I didn't want to, but my son, who is a, uh, he has an online business, um, said, "No, you have to." I said, "Okay, fine." Yeah, I'll read it. Um, yeah, I had so, the yeah, same he's thing. Very I had unique. it sitting there. Right. Yeah, he's right. very unique in his style, but you know, the bottom line is he got things done, and you know, like we said, it's all shapes and sizes and different, you know everything in our industry that makes everyone successful. So you can't just right. peg anything. Um, and everyone always says, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. We need to make sure that we're doing those consistent things. And that's really what, you know, um, being consistent is. It's right. having that marathon that, that you know, no, um, you know, jolts and stops and things like that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. We'll, we'll um, post his book up there as well. And then um, what would you like to leave with us? You know, we've talked a lot about um, – you know where you went, where where you were, and how you've come along, and and about your team, and you know just some basic philosophies about our industry and and the ability to have some sustaining, uh, or be sustainable in this business. Sure. What would you like to leave us with? You know something that maybe we've heard, um, that just needs to be reemphasized, or something new. I'm positive that people have heard this, and they probably hear it time and time again. But if if I had to give you one thing that I did that I can attribute directly to being successful, it's responsiveness. And okay. 
I believe that, you know, even more so now, we are living in a time where people are expecting, you know, immediate responses, almost to the point where it's it's a little bit crazy. But it's beyond how simple it sounds. Where I see a lot of loan officers make mistakes is they don't respond because they don't have the answer that somebody needs. And I think it is so important to simply call somebody back and say, I know that you're looking for your approval today and I don't have it yet. I want you to know it is at the top of my list. I am completely on top of it and I will keep you posted and I will stay in communication with you. And I know that that sounds completely basic and people say, oh, sure, I do that, I do that. I know that even from the loan officers that I work with, some struggle with it. They they even experience loan officers. They say, oh, I don't want to make that phone call. I don't have the approval yet. Oh, I don't I don't want to make it. And I say, just make the call. And 99% of the time, the realtor says, okay, thanks for letting me know. I appreciate <laughs> the communication. It's being responsive and communicating even when you don't have the answer. Yeah, and Number I do one. think that's really key. Because I think, you know, what happens is that we – um, can muster up a situation in our mind that yes. prevents us from making that call. Oh, they might say this, they might say that. You know, in nine, and like you said, nine times out of ten when you call, they're like, okay, thanks. Um, you know, and the same holds true when we're just trying to make phone calls to people. They don't want to hear us. They, I don't want to bother them. They're going to think I'm salesy when, they, when you call. They say, oh, so good to hear from you. And it's all in our head, you know, and it's it, about, it ta- you know, just taking the action. And for the younger people out there, Having real conversations is still, I think, important for a lot of people. Not everything needs to be electronic or on a text or on an email. And I think that the handwritten note also goes a long, long way. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm an advocate of that. <laughs> so <laughs> I write I write at least 50 a week. So I, be, I totally believe in, in writing notes. Well, it it has just been an absolute pleasure um, talking with you, Sarah. I was so excited to get in touch with you and, um, you know, just be able to share you, just you, just the aura about you is what I was looking for, you know, is that we have to come down to being real in this industry and we cannot have all these facades and whatnot. We have, it has to be about being real and being passionate about what we do, that we're truly helping people and, and um, really enjoying our jobs. I mean, I, I, I know I love mine, but I'll tell you what, if you're listening and you don't love yours, you've got to get in a new place. Not, not necessarily a change of job, not change careers, not change your company, but, but emo- a checkup from the neck up, right? I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself in a great place because this, this business is absolutely fantastic. It just, you know, requires some dedication and some, you know, drive to be able to get it done. So, so thank you so much. Um, and then um, if someone wanted to get a hold of you and talk to you, is it okay if I put that information up on the website absolutely. as well? Sure. Okay, good. Sure. So I'll put, your, um, I'll put your office number and your email. And if someone wants to get a hold of you and ask some follow-up questions, if you don't mind, that would be great. Um, and for those of you that are in Boston, you already now you know someone who's in your local area, and maybe you can find a mentor. Yep, I'd love well, to talk to you. 
Thank you again, and um, I really, really appreciate it. And everybody, I just want to remind you again, please go to iTunes and write a review. Um, Always send me emails. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I get so many emails or uh, messages in LinkedIn, people asking for further information, clarification, and giving me ideas on on new topics and things. So please don't hesitate to do that. I'd, I'd love to have that continue to happen. And go out and make it a great week. Okay. Thank you. So hold on. Yeah, we're not recording. Hold on. We're all we're good now. Okay. <laughs> so we're offline. Okay. We're offline. Is that okay? So, Do you need to change anything? Yeah, no. No. Did you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Was that okay? I, okay. Sure. Really what I was looking for, I mean I wasn't looking for, you know, the the, the uh silver bullet or anything. I, I yeah. just have that I don't know. There was just something about you that I wanted to share with everybody, and I think it came through. I mean, you you definitely right. are sharing about you know being being true to yourself and and um, you know running your business the, in in the way that you are. So I think that's fantastic, and I and I do think it's important for the millennials to hear, um, you know, your comments as well as the senior people to or more tenured, <laughs> more tenured yeah. people to. Uh, yeah. I know I'm 52 now, so I'm senior, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, for the for the more tenured people to uh, hear that millennials are important and they need to be working with them, you know, whether it's Absolutely. a client or whether it's someone in their office, you know, there's so much that we can all learn from one another, and you know, that's that's really really key. So awesome! I really really appreciate it. So thank you so much for your time. You're when when I'm so I'm going to send the uh, recording off to my um, okay my uh, guy in in uh, Australia. And okay. <laughs> so he'll add music to it and all this crazy stuff. When it gets released, I will email you and let you know. I'll provide you with a link so you can listen to it on your computer or okay. share it with other people if you want to do that, um, you know, online or whatever. Um, but then you can just go right on to the podcast itself and get it there. Too. Fantastic. So, okay. I hope I get to see you. Well, we will. We will. Are you going to Mastermind Summit out in um, – um, Vegas I haven't at all. decided yet. Are you going? Yeah, I'm, I uh, just yesterday, Michael, um, Michael, uh, Stephen Marshall. I don't know why I said Michael. Yeah. Stephen Marshall called me yesterday and asked me to be one of the panelists on the main stage. So, oh great! I'm real, yeah, I'm really excited about that. And uh, so I just got off the phone with Barry Habib and said thank you because he helped me make that happen. And awesome. um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. But you know. We we should keep in touch just every once in a while, yes, you know, absolutely. a quarterly basis, call each other and see what's going on. And if there's any topic that you could think of, if you get a chance to listen to a few of the podcasts and whatnot yep. and you think of something, please let me know. Yep, we'll do. I'd love, I'd love it. Okay, well, listen, have a great week, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, sounds great. Okay, thanks, Sarah. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.